Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. I uh, am self-employed, so I'll be honest. I think that the national insurance level should be controlled, but I kind of think that about things in general. Like, um, I don't like to complain too much, but uh, it is extremely expensive to live at the moment. There's another blow in the cost of living crisis. We are handling, no, we are uh, doing that second job uh, after like uh, doing the first job we are going to second job to uh, get the money to uh, to uh, to fulfill our needs especially for cost of living i think uh, more needs to be done oh, everything's rising you know wages are matching that wages have been too stagnant for like two decades now millions of people will feel the effects of the national insurance increase when it comes in today workers businesses and the self-employed will now pay an extra 1.25p in the pound with the government intending to use the money for social care the extra tax hits at a time when many are already feeling financially vulnerable. Inflation is at its highest level in 30 years, there's rising household costs, and the energy price cap already increased at the start of April by 54%. So, what does this all mean for Londoners, who are already feeling the pinch? Jonathan Prynne is the Evening Standards Consumer Business Editor. So, as of today, every employee who earns more than about uh, 9000 or nearly £10,000 a year will have to pay an extra 1.25% on their national insurance. And that money, extra money raised has been allocated for proving the National Health Service and care services and is sort of generally dedicated to sort of clearing the backlog of, of uh, waiting lists and so on in, in the health service. Um, it's a, it's a, what you might call a sort of hypothecated tax for that particular purpose. And the national insurance threshold will increase in July too, won't it? Yes, exactly. So so Boris Johnson announced the increase in, in the rate last September. And in, in the spring statement from Rishi Sunak last month, he announced that the, the threshold for starting to pay um, national insurance was going up by £3,000, which takes quite a lot of workers out of national insurance, but also for lower paid workers means that they'll be paying less national insurance than they are now. So the net effect is that overall, if you're earning up to £34,000, you'll pay less national insurance in this financial year, which started today. If you're earning over £34,000, you'll pay more national insurance. So millions of workers will be affected by the increase today. Who's going to feel it the most? Well, in the crudest terms, the more you earn, the more you'll pay, particularly once you go over £34,000, which is the the tipping point for the, the sort of net effect of these two changes to to NI. So I think if you earn about £50,000, you'll be roughly just under £200 a year worse off. If you earn £25,000 a year, you'll be about £120 or £130 better off. Uh, And obviously, the more you earn above £50,000, the more you, you know, the bigger that hit will be. And what does this all mean for Londoners specifically? Well, it's not great for Londoners because Londoners do typically have higher earnings than people in the rest of the country, particularly outside the southeast. So we have a lot more people in London who earn more than that thirty-four thousand pound 
tipping point. So the median wage, according to the ONS in London, is about it's just over £34,000, by coincidence. So statistically, half of people in London earn more than £34,000, or half of employees earn more than £34,000, and they will pay more. Now, if you look at what wages are like in the rest of the country, for the country as a whole, uh, about 70% of people earn below £34,000, so they will be paying less. If you take London out of the equation, about three quarters of people outside London earn less than £34,000, and so will be better off. So it does disproportionately affect Londoners. And you might say, well, that's okay. You know, it's a progressive tax for a very good cause, and Londoners should pay more, or the higher paid should pay more. And that's certainly true. However, Londoners, as we know, and as, as the listeners will know very well, there's two sides to the to that coin, and, and the cost of living in London is much, much higher, particularly housing costs, than anywhere else in the country. So once you strip that out, everyone's got to have a roof over their head. Londoners are, are often not better off, in fact, even worse off than many people in, in what you might think of as poorer parts of the country. So it's not as simple as it, as you first think. And, and yet again, it's another example of a tax that falls disproportionately hard on, on London and London workers. It's just yet one more... Uh, element of the cost of living that's going in the wrong direction. So uh, we had the energy last week, um, energy bills going up last week. Uh, we know that rents are absolutely rocketing to record levels in London at the moment. Mortgage costs are going up as well as, as interest rates rise. Um, there's all sorts of elements of life in London that are becoming more expensive. Even where the Chancellor tried to help in the autumn statement, Londoners kind of will, will be among the, the least to benefit. For example, 5p off a litre of, of fuel sounds good and it's great if you're a driver, but only around just over half of households in, in London own a car, whereas outside London, it's more like 80%. So you get a much bigger benefit from that if you're, if you're driving a car and you're much more likely to drive a car outside London. So just things like that, that London is by far the biggest contributor to, to the treasury coffers of any, any region in the country. And, you know, the, I think Rishi Sunak and the, and the government in general have just taken the view that London can take it and, you know, you can pile the taxes on London and, and it'll be okay. But, you know, I think there is increasingly a feeling in London that uh, it is, you know, all these taxes are starting to be very damaging for the London economy. London is obviously the business capital of the UK. What have businesses been saying in reaction to this? Well, it depends which sector you're in. I, I think, I mean, hospitality sector is really upset because last week, the temporary reduction in the rate of VAT on hospitality businesses, which came down during COVID to, to help the sector, that went back up from 12.5% to, to 20%. And that goes straight through to the costs of uh, running a restaurant, a hotel, a pub, a bar, a cafe in London, uh, well, anywhere in the country, but London happens to have a disproportionately large sector uh, in, in, those, in those industries. So again, it's a, a tax change that affects London businesses probably overall more than, more than the rest of the country. And I think businesses in general, I mean, they'll also have to shoulder, you know, national insurance payments and, and, and business rates um, also high in London. It's just a whole panoply of costs that affect businesses in the capital. And um, yeah, they're, uh, they're not happy about it. <laughs> It does seem like it's one thing after another with these price increases and taxes at the moment. Is there anything else we should be thinking about or can we take a breath for a moment? 
Yes, I mean, unfortunately, public transport costs are going to be going up next year quite sharply. We've got another likely increase in energy bills coming in October because wholesale energy costs are still extremely high as a result of the um, conflict in Ukraine and, and other factors as well, but, but largely because of that. So we can look forward to probably another 20, 30% increase in energy bills, which have already gone up 50% in April, coming down the track in, in October. Tube and rail fares going up in, in the year very substantially, potentially. Food costs, um, we are increasingly hearing about, you know, vital food ingredients such as cooking oil, which a lot of them, a lot of it is produced in Ukraine and Russia, that becoming scarcer and, and the price is going up. So yeah, I'm sorry, it's all it's all kind of going one way at the moment. But you know, it will come to an end. And um, hopefully, I mean, with luck, if if there is some kind of peace settlement in Ukraine, obviously, be, you know, amazingly good news for all sorts of reasons. But one of the one of the spin off benefits of that is that gas prices are likely to fall very, very quickly, hopefully back to to where they were before. And that would mean energy bills either not going up as much as feared or, or starting to come down again. And that's it from the leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4 pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.